Three Scary Humanoid Encounters Event in Red Ash, Tennessee I haven't spoken about these events to anyone since they've happened to me over a decade ago, honestly, closer to 15 years. I am now a 30-year-old man and what I experienced in Red Ash, Carryville, Tennessee happened to me when I was about 15 or 16 years old. Red Ash is a small area off Interstate 75 running through Campbell County, Tennessee, the county where I was born and raised and still reside in now. Red Ash was established over a hundred years ago as a little mining province, but is now defined as the land between Red Ash Cemetery and Red Ash Baptist Church off of Old Tennessee Highway 63, and if you go googling it you'll see that it has a reputation of arguably being one of the most haunted places in Tennessee. From ghosts of miners, goatmen, and even murdered witches, if you read long and deep enough, you'll see there's lots of strange happenings around this area. But I am not here to tell you I saw a seven-foot-tall man with the head of a goat and hooven feet standing at the base of a train track tussle. But what I saw I still to this day can't explain. About 15 years ago, a few friends and I, one guy who was a couple years older than myself and two lady friends of ours, were driving around one Saturday night looking to find something to get into in our small, quiet town. So naturally, of course, we came to the conclusion to do what all the teenage kids do that grow up in our county. We decided to go to Red Ash and test some of the legends and boy are there a lot of them. But those are stories for a different page, this one isn't about urban legends. This is about what I actually saw. We went to a set of train tracks that if you park on and turn your vehicle off that, somehow, the car will start to rock and gently roll off the tracks. That didn't work for us. So we decided to head up the road to the cemetery to tell ghost stories. On the ride to the cemetery, one of the girls with us said her grandpa had told her on one of the unnamed dirt roads in Red Ash is an old, abandoned graveyard where a lady was murdered and buried almost 200 years ago for supposedly being a witch. We thought what the hell and decided to go looking for this graveyard to see if we could find the unmarked grave. We turned down one dirt road barely wide enough for my friend's small car and drove down it for a few minutes when all of a sudden we're hit with blue lights behind us. And when I say all of a sudden, I mean it. Now, mind you it was around midnight and pretty dark out, but we didn't see headlights or anything trailing behind us. Just the burst of blue police lights. My friend pulls off the road as much as possible, and the cop pulls behind us and gets out of his cruiser and walks to the door. My friend already has his window down. It's late July and 80 degrees at night with no AC in his car, and he is waiting to be asked for his license and registration. The cop doesn't ask for it. He walks up and looks through the rolled down window at my friend and says, you guys shouldn't be here. It's dangerous and a bad place. Please leave. Now I'm not sure about you guys, but hearing a cop say shouldn't and please isn't normal. Usually, we hear can't and now. But that's what he said and it threw my friend off and he kind of stammered for words before the cop repeated himself, please tell me you'll turn around, you shouldn't be here. It's dangerous. This time, though, my friend said yes sir and the cop just turned around and walked back to his car, turned off his lights and drove around us, continuing on the road. That's when I noticed he wasn't driving one of the Tahoes or Chargers they typically drove, 
but a Crown Vic and an old Crown Vic. An early 80s square body Crown Victoria car. It was so bizarre. But we didn't think much of it then. We just decided to head straight and follow him and turn around when he did. We followed him for a few seconds, up until he went up the hill on the dirt road and went around the curve. Once we got up there, past the curve, and we noticed he was gone. Couldn't see any signs of his vehicle or anything. He wasn't pulled over off the road, so we thought he might have been more familiar with the road and must have sped up to get to the end of it. So we followed the road for a couple more miles, no sign of the cop anywhere, until we got to the end of the road, and it ended in a dead end. The cop was still nowhere to be found. No signs of him passing us, pulling off the road, which was barely wide enough for him to pass us while we were pulled off it earlier, and there were no roads connecting to this old dirt road. So many little weird things happened, and honestly, I still don't know what I saw or how to explain it. All I can say is that things are weird up there around Red Ash, and even now, I still listen to that cop. It's dangerous up there, and I stay away from it. Story number two, an angel cut my tooth in half. Little background, I'm agnostic and pretty skeptical. I don't believe in really anything paranormal, but I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and the time of this story was during the late 80s, early 90s, mid-Satanic Panic era. There was a lot of circulated rumors about this or that being demonic, and you had to be careful about what you're brought into your house lest you invite demons into your home, so I guess they're like vampires or bedbugs. Also lots of urban legend stories, a lot of them involving smurfs, like smuff wallpaper stomping newborns to death in their sleep and the like. Important to understand is that JWs don't believe in ghosts or aliens or anything else, but rather than discount the stories themselves altogether, they merely blame them on board, vindictive demons fucking with us because they've been banished to earth, as they are fallen angels, oh, and interesting side note, apparently this eviction from heaven only happened in 1914, not sure why God waited so long. Maybe it's like renter's protection and he needed to give them tons of notice and a free month's rent or something, but I digress. So yeah, basically, if there was a JW Scooby-Doo cartoon, every ending would be the same. Now let's see who's really behind this. And they removed the rubber alien mask, the glowing ghost sheet, the dinosaur fossil. I knew it. Just a regular old demon. Anyway, around 9 to 10 years old, I start being left home alone. Big family so didn't happen much, but when it did I started noticing things from the corner of my eye, around the edges of darkened corners. Only a couple of times did I notice a discernible shape, and it looked like this stuffed toy someone in the house had recently gotten. Black furred, big nosed, kinda goofy yet terrifying in the right context. I guess think Five Nights at Freddy's style. Sometimes I'd get so freaked out I'd bolt out of the house with barely a jacket or shoes on and sit outside my house in the winter. I can't remember what excuse I gave when my family came home and found me shivering on the stoop, but I didn't tell them the truth. I even started to join my mom on painfully boring errands. Kids nowadays will likely fail to understand what hours of errands at the hair salon, dry cleaners, the bank or Fanny's fabrics is like without cell phones or Nintendo switches. At best we had tiger handheld games, 
which were typically less fun than simply staring at your hands. But I endured it all rather than be left alone with the demons. In retrospect all of this is easily dismissed, young mind crammed full of the idea that the world is teeming with demons out to get him, is left alone for the first time in his life, and his mind conjures demons out of flickering shadows, but it's what comes next I can never hand wave away quite so easily. I'm about 11-ish I think, and I lose one of my last baby teeth, maybe my last one, I don't remember, but it's a molar. JWs famously don't celebrate anything, but there's few things that weren't forbidden, I just don't remember if we did the tooth fairy thing. I mean, I know there was no pretense of a fairy, just my mom taking my tooth and giving me a dollar. But I know I didn't get a dollar for this last one, maybe it was too late in the game, being the lastish tooth and being the youngest of eight kids, the kid tooth market was now incredibly saturated, she probably had a coffee can full, technically she might have qualified as an ivory dealer. So I go to bed that night, and I have an oddly specific memory of putting my tooth on my bedside table on the metal base of my lamp. I wake up sometime during the night, and it's full deep silent scary night not my parents are still awake and I can hear them watching MASH in the living room night. It's one of those half-awakes, where your dreams are still a vivid reality and you can effortlessly step back into them. I'm instantly aware of a large bluish-white glowing presence at the end of my bed. It's an angel with its back to me, focused on something else. Which is odd, in and of itself, as the only thing in that part of my room of interest was my Dick Tracy action figures, so hopefully he was bringing me the blank figure, cause I couldn't find that shit anywhere. I don't remember if I could move, but I didn't, I was scared, but in an oddly detached, non-panicky sort of way. He became aware of me and looked back, and not in a malevolent way, but not kindly either. It was more of a cold, slightly sneering indifference. Then I just fell back asleep. Which was obviously odd, had it been someone innocuous like my mom in my room at 3am, I doubt I'd have drifted back off so quickly let alone a potentially fallen angel rooting through my collectibles. I loved those Dick Tracy toys, and I was very paranoid and protective about losing the Tommy guns on those things. It happened to a JW pal of mine, his mom took him all, and he was left with a bunch of squat, Lego grip-handed old men with stupid hats, and who wants to play with that? But I digress again. So I awoke in the morning, I didn't immediately remember the previous night's visitor. I woke up just like any other morning, but then I saw my molar, still on the lamp base, but it had been expertly cut in half. It was perfectly smooth like it had been done with a laser, and the other half was gone. I didn't immediately suspect my mother, I doubted she had access to that level of technology, and besides, if it was her, then where was my 50 cents? Only then did I recall the previous night's events, and as you can imagine, it shook me up. I mean, there was the spooky paranormal aspects that would scare anyone, but atop all that was the sheer randomness of it, nothing added up to anything, it was just a casserole of nonsense. Now had the demon slash angel burnt a caca at 666, on my wall and left a cauldron stuffed with smuff merchandise, then okay, sure, I'd have been terrified, but at least it would have been on brand and fallen neatly into place with everything else I knew. But what the fuck did you want with half my tooth? 
I snatched up my half-tooth and went and found my mother, not really expecting answers but at least wanting someone else to acknowledge this fucked up situation. I didn't editorialize or bring up any of the angel business, just handed it over with a hey look what happened to my tooth when I was asleep. She examined it closely, but briefly, and handed it back with something like huh, that's kind of weird hey? Where's your father? Tell him breakfast is ready. Her lack of astonishment felt suspect. I went looking for my dad with the inner monologue of a TV detective. No, I don't think she did it, but she knows more than she's telling us. I didn't even bring it up to my dad, as my relationship with him was fraught, and it felt unwise to do so, more than likely I'd have been blamed for it in some way, and I'd be interrogated about my cola consumption. So I sat on this info. I think I tried to bring it up casually with my mom again later, but again got nothing. A week or so later it was missing off my dresser. I thought I maybe knocked it off or something and it'd show up eventually, but it never did. Shortly after this incident we moved to a new house and I never saw the flickering shadow demons again, I never had any more issues with being left alone in the house. As a skeptical adult looking back, I can say, look I turned 12, I got over my fear of being home alone, and maybe I conjured the angel memory from nothing after that tooth incident, but that doesn't explain the tooth, and I remember the tooth. I could feel myself grasping for plausible scenarios, maybe there's some medical test that requires an inner tooth test, so my parents took it. But then why not just tell me? Why return the other half? It's the whole issue with this incident, as even if you accept the existence of angels, demons, ghosts, or the chupacabra, it doesn't really explain anything meaningful. So yeah that's it, I don't think about it often, but when I do, it still bothers me. So at the end of all of this I just hope someone or something is waiting for me, and they have with them half my tooth and some goddamn answers. Story number 3, I met some werewolves. It all started one night a few years ago when I was hanging out with a guy friend of mine, let's call him D, and his cousin. D and I had really come to bond over some of our strange beliefs and experiences. The story I'm about to tell wasn't the first foray, for either of us, into things of an otherworldly nature, but for me it was one of the most significant and had a lasting impact on how I view these things. I was living in Chicago at the time, and working at a bar somewhat near downtown. If you believe in superstitions and fairy tales, it would be easy to assume that strange things only happen to people deep in the woods or in remote locations, and that a city such as Chicago would be mainly devoid of supernatural or otherworldly experiences. It's easy to assume that densely populated areas wouldn't exactly be a breeding ground for this kind of strange activity, but you would be wrong. On this particular night, it was slow at work, and D and his cousin just happened to be in the area. He texted me to ask what my plans were, so I suggested they come to my place for a quick drink before we closed, since it was already nearing 2 a.m. I finished my side work just as they were arriving, 10 minutes till 2, so we all had a quick drink and took off to find another bar that was still open. But I think it must have been a Sunday or something, because everything in the area was closed. So we decided to head back to our neighborhood on the far north side of the city. As we were deciding what to do, 
He casually mentioned that he knew a liquor store in the northern suburbs that was open till 3 a.m. every night. So we devised an impromptu plan to grab some beers and have a late night stroll on the nearby beach. I would like to mention that this particular beach was about a 10 minute walk from where I was living at the time and had a bike trail with a park that I would often rollerblade or walk through. When we got to the park, everything seemed normal. Both the parking lot and the park itself seemed empty, and we assumed the beach to be empty as well, as everything was perfectly quiet and still. By this time it was about 3 a.m., so we didn't expect anyone else to be there. As we were getting our beers out of the car, I noticed it was a full moon that night. We often went on nighttime adventures in the suburbs when we were bored, although never to this particular beach, and even on college campuses we barely ever ran into anyone. But as we walked through the park I noticed how still and quiet everything was. As soon as we stepped foot onto the sand where the beach started, something shifted. The energy changed. And we started hearing laughter. Coming from where? It sounded like it was just out in front of us a ways, just right there, out in the water, but no one was there. It was a clear night, and with the full moon you could see for literally miles in every direction. There was no one there. But yet the laughing persisted. And it sounded like two voices, a man and a woman. And you could clearly hear them in the water, splashing and playing and laughing and talking, but there was just simply nobody there. At this point we were all actively scanning up and down the beach and literally asking each other, yo, are you guys fucking hearing this? It sounded like they were out there playing in the waves, in the middle of the night, laughing and talking, but we couldn't make out what they were saying, and we simply couldn't see anyone out there besides ourselves. We all agreed that it was weird, and maybe we should have simply taken it as a sign to leave, but we ended up deciding to simply ignore it, and headed to the opposite end of the beach. Maybe they're out there skinny dipping and they don't want us to see them? I offered this as a possible solution, but I think I was just trying to rationalize what didn't make rational sense. So we ignored it. We walked to the complete opposite end of the beach, which may have been roughly the size of a football field, but when we got there we noted that the voices had not changed volume. It still sounded like they were out in the waves right in front of us. So we ignored it even harder. We opened some beers, put it out of our minds, and frankly didn't think too much of it for a while as we talked about random things and I took pictures of the moan over the water. This went on for about 20 minutes and we weren't thinking too much anymore about the voices or the laughter until it suddenly stopped. The sudden absence of sound made us immediately uneasy, mainly because what the fuck just happened? Why did the voices stop? Did they get sucked into an undertow? Are they out there in the waves drowning? We all looked at each other with the same question, what the fuck do we do? Here I am, on the beach in the middle of the night, where we're not supposed to be, drinking beers, and now there's people potentially drowning? What do you even do in this scenario? Call the cops? Run out and try to save them? All I can assume is that in this moment, we were all contemplating these same horrifying scenarios when I saw movement out of the corner of my eye, down to the other end of the beach. A wave of relief washed over me, thinking at first that it might be these people coming up on the beach. So without even thinking I started to point and say, look, 
there they are. It's two, realizing at this moment they aren't people, it's two. Dogs? And sure enough, we all see what seems to clearly be the silhouettes of two dogs, trotting towards us down the beach. Now this was a decent sized beach, but these things were not simply walking, they were moving with some speed and managed to clear half of it in about as much time as it took me to process what they even were. And as they started to get closer, I started to notice that they had very large ears, tails, and paws. Holy fuck you guys, I don't think those are dogs, I said, those are fucking coyotes or something, and they're coming right at us. Now I had seen coyotes in the area and knew they were no strangers to even densely populated areas, but seeing what appears to be two wild animals trotting towards a group of humans in the middle of the night is wildly disconcerting. At this point they suddenly stopped in their tracks, about halfway down the beach. They seemed to assess us for a moment, when all of a sudden I saw, with all clarity, the silhouettes of these two animals rise onto their hind legs and become, instead, the shapes of two people. Immediately I turned around to my friends and exclaimed, tell me you just fucking saw that shit. Yeah, said D, who looked terrified, they just fucking stood up. That was all he had to say for me to know that we had all seen the same thing. When we turned back to look, they were already gone, like they had simply disappeared into thin air. Dee's cousin said, we need to get the fuck out of here. And so we did. But it wasn't so much sheer panic as a sense of vague unease. We didn't run away screaming, we just simply quickly grabbed our things and started walking towards the exit. As we walked past the lifeguard tower, we noticed them, as if they had simply materialized again. There they were, the two of them, a silhouette of a man and a woman against the moonlit sky, sitting atop the lifeguard tower. We all slowed our step as we noticed them. Should we say something to them? I asked aloud. I couldn't help myself, the curiosity was overwhelming. No. Dee's cousin whispered sharply at me. Dee grabbed my hand and dragged me onward. Don't say anything to them. Just keep moving. So we left. We got in the car silently. We took the short drive back to my apartment silently. We sat in the car quietly for a few minutes, smoking a cigarette. Okay, I said finally, breaking the silence, but we all experienced that shit, right? Did we just see, like, werewolves or something? And in that few minutes we rehashed the entire experience together, from the disembodied voices to the shape-shifting creatures. And although we agreed that we had all seen and experienced the same thing, we also noted that if we had been alone, and seen something like that, we might have just, written it off. I thought it was my eyes playing tricks on me, he said, until I realized you guys saw it too. That was basically the feeling we all had through the whole experience. As if we had tried to write it off until it was nearly staring us right in the face. But honestly, this wasn't my first experience with things of an otherworldly nature, and it seemed to me, from experience, that it's best to just let it go. So I did let it go. I got out of the car, and went into my apartment, and honestly just went straight to bed. Like, I knew it was a strange thing we had all just experienced, but I really just hoped and chose to assume that that would be the end of it. 
and truthfully I went to bed that night and slept like a baby. I never really felt like I was in danger or that something malicious had followed me. I thought that was the end of it until I started having dreams about them a few weeks later. As it turns out, they had followed me and they wanted to talk with me. One night, a few weeks after our sighting of the strange shape-shifting creatures, I had a dream. I didn't know that it was a dream while it was happening, it all felt so real. It was like I remembered nodding off in bed, and then I came to somewhere else. When I came to, I found myself standing on an empty beach. I quickly realized it was the same beach where we had seen the creatures a few weeks prior. But I couldn't remember how I had gotten there, I just fell asleep in my bed and woke up on the beach. The transition was so jarring I started to panic, wondering if I had slept walk there, or worse, if I was losing my mind. My unease grew as I realized the winds were blowing and the skies were dark, as if there was a bad storm approaching. I thought about the things we saw on the beach that night, wondering if they had somehow led me here. As soon as the thought crossed my mind, I saw something. Black, inky, amorphous shapes rising out of the crashing waves of Lake Michigan. I worried that I had somehow disturbed some ancient lake spirits. As I watched the shapes rise out of the waves, they took the form of two large, black dogs, each with glowing yellow eyes. They maintained this shape until they reached the beach, where they stood on their hind legs and suddenly they were no longer dogs, but a man and a woman strange, ethereal looking people, with long black hair and the same glowing yellow eyes. They just stared at me. And I stared at them. And they stared at me. And I stared at them a little while more until I finally managed to muster the words, What are you? They exchanged a baffled glance with each other. No, but like, what are you? The looks of confusion on their faces grew, in fact it seemed like a mix of confusion and offense at the very question. In my dumbfounded state, I repeated the question a few more times, what are you? But they seemed either unwilling or unable to respond to it. So I asked more questions. Different questions. Okay, if you can't tell me what you are, can you tell me where you came from? Like, have you always been on this beach? Do you come from a different realm? More looks of confusion. You can't even tell me where you came from? Like, when were you born? Do you remember being born? Suddenly the woman snapped at me. Do you remember being born? And suddenly I was the one who didn't know how to answer the question. Do you remember being a baby, or an infant, or even a toddler for that matter? She seemed thoroughly annoyed by my line of questioning. Well, no, of course not, I stuttered. No, of course not. She said. You don't remember that far back? Well, neither do we. But surely you must know something about your origins, or where you came from. I asked. I may not remember being born, but I have parents and family and doctors who were there to confirm when and where I was born. Well, we don't have any of that, she said matter-of-factly. In fact, things like us, well, we're the oldest things we know of. We don't have parents or grandparents to ask, we don't have anyone who came before us to ask where we came from. And frankly, we simply don't remember that far back. I was dumbfounded.
I had no idea how to respond. So you want to know where we come from? She continued. Well, I can't tell you that for certain. All I can tell you is my opinions, my beliefs. So if you ask me where we come from, I would say that we come from God. And I would say that it's the same God that created you, that created us, that created all of reality. But the truth is, if God does exist, or some sort of creators to all of this, they quite simply are not around anymore to ask. But this is just my belief, and that's all I can give you. Feeling in a whirlwind from such a complex and unexpected response, I clamored for something to follow it up with. So, how old do you think you are exactly, or how far back do you remember? She sighed a deep sigh, and started pointing around in various directions saying things like, Do you see the water? Do you see the waves on the water? Well yes, I said, obviously I see the water. You see the beach? And the grasses growing on the sand dunes? Yes I see the beach. Do you see the hills beyond the beach and the trees growing on those hills? Yes. Yes, I see the hills and the trees, what does that have to do with anything? Well, she sighed. We're old. At least as old as the landscape itself, if not older. So as long as this has been here, we've been here. As long as the water and the beach and the hills have been here, we've been here. We're as old as the hills, you might say. At this point, I was exasperated. Okay, that's all cool and good for you and whatever, but what does that have to do with me? Like, what does that have to do with me? They were both silent for a moment. Surely there's some reason you sought me out right. Surely there's some reason you've approached me to tell me all of this? More silence. So, what does this have to do with me? Just then the man, who hadn't said anything to me the entire time, just sort of shrugged and said, I don't know, we just thought it might be nice, to have a human to talk to for a change, you know? And that must have made me so angry that I woke myself up because the last thing I remember is yelling for a change from what? And then I was waking up in my bed and it was morning. I had more dreams of them after this. Most of them were vague and I couldn't really remember much. When I told my friend D about this, I was surprised to hear him say that he had been having dreams about them, too. He didn't claim to remember having any specific conversations with them, just vague dreams of shape-shifting entities. But as for me, I did have one other dream where a conversation was had. In this dream, I was at work. In real life, I work as a server, but for some reason in this dream, I was the bartender. It was the same bar, however, that I was working at in real life at the time. It was a slow night, there were a few tables, but no one at the bar. I was contemplating stepping out for a cigarette when a woman walked through the front door. Immediately she caught my eye. Something about her was dreamlike, the way she moved was ethereal. She had long black, wavy hair that seemed to flow unnaturally, and she may have been wearing a fur coat. When she sat down and made eye contact with me, I immediately noticed her eyes. They were a bright, vibrant and unnatural shade of yellow, almost as if they were glowing. I just knew as soon as I looked at her that everything about her was entirely strange. 
but I didn't know that this was a dream and I didn't want her or any of the other customers to think I was crazy, so I greeted her as I would any customer. Hey, what's up? How's it going? Yeah, she said, in a complete non sequitur, so I've been really into werewolves lately. She slammed both hands down on the bar emphatically as she said the word werewolves, staring at me with wide eyes and a strange grin. Um, okay? I responded, her comments catching me off guard. Yeah, have you ever heard of werewolves? At this point, I was sure she was crazy. Or, or cryptids. Have you heard of those? In my mind I'm thinking, lady is this your first day on planet earth? Who hasn't heard of werewolves? But I just laughed uncomfortably and played along. Yes, I've heard of them. Why? Okay, so you've heard of werewolves and cryptids and stuff? Cool. Yeah, I'm like really into that stuff, like I want to know all of the folklore about these things, and I want to know what people think about these things. That's cool, can I get you a drink? Honestly I was just trying to hurry up and serve her so I could go out for a smoke. She ordered a beer, I poured it and handed it to her, and she continued on with her strange line of questioning. So have you ever seen anything like that? She asked as I handed over her beer. Like what? Like a werewolf? Yes, silly, like a werewolf. She made a playful smirk. Cause I just wanna know. I wanna know what people think about these things. Well I was about to step out front for a quick smoke if you don't mind, maybe we can continue this conversation when I get back. At this point I was honestly getting more than a little weirded out by her energy and her attempts at talking about some weird shit with me. Sure, sure, she said, so I went outside, but as soon as I lit my cigarette, I turned around and she was standing behind me. I'm sorry, I just couldn't wait, I wanted to talk about it now. I don't want to freak you out, I'm just conducting some research, you know? Trying to find out what people think about these things. I tried to steer the conversation politely back to her by flipping the question. Well, what do you think about these things? Do you believe in werewolves? I don't really know, I just want to know what you think. Like, I'm fascinated by the kinds of stories and myths people tell the good, the bad, the ugly, I don't care. I just want to know. Do you have any stories? Any experiences? This went on a few more times, with me trying to redirect the conversation and her directing it back at me, until finally I told her firmly but nicely, look, I do believe in these things and I would love to have that conversation, I really would, but I'm at work right now and this isn't the time or the place, you know? Like I can't be standing out front, smoking cigarettes, and talking about this kind of stuff with people. I'm sorry, I just really can't talk about this stuff at work, that's all. That's okay, she sighed, I understand. I really should get going anyways. She smiled kind of a dejected smile and I suddenly felt a little bad for being so dismissive. Okay, I said, I'm sorry I can't talk more about that stuff right now, but I have to get back to work. Okay, she said, have a good one, and she started to walk off down the street. As I walked back through the door I stopped and, for some unknown reason, joked, oh, by the way, you're my favorite cryptid. She winked at me, 
and as I was walking back through the door into the building, everything made sense. I realized this was a dream, I realized who she was, and why she was asking these questions. And I turned back around and ran out the door as if I was going to confront her, but I woke up. I moved away from that apartment and from Chicago completely after that. I moved back home to Michigan. I still have strange dreams sometimes, but I'm not sure if those particular entities followed me or not. If I'm being honest, at the end of the day, they were pretty interesting to talk to. And I think if I got the chance, I would talk to them again sometime.